going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by MagnusSports.com. There we go. Episode 11. I'm here with Colin Brett. Yes, sir. What's up? In Pretty interesting week of sports. Yeah. A lot of good games, a lot of horrible games. But you know what? There's some news. We had the NFL draft. Pretty good week of college football. NBA draft. NFL draft. We did I say NFL? NFL? You, you did, did say NFL draft. NBA draft. NBA there draft. We well, we're going to talk about it all today. Yes, all of it. Let's get right into the opener. Yes, sir. My opener is something that happened in the morning, or our time morning, I'd say on the East Coast. It's a little early in the afternoon. But Malcolm Butler had some beef with Coach Harbaugh over there at the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. They got into it. The Titans were... They're like praying or something, and they're huddling in the middle on the the Ravens. You can't touch the logo. The that's the thing. You, yeah. That's a the logo is a sacred spot. Yeah, and uh, you guys should know you went to put up. Oh yeah, <laughs> Harbaugh, Harbaugh went over to him, talks a little smack. Uh, Malcolm Butler really was not having any of that. And then once uh, Mike Vrabel came over, Harbaugh kind of went back in his lanes. Yeah. Well, because Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel would kick Harbaugh. That that'd, that'd be a fun fight <laughs> for Vrabel, not for Harbaugh. What's your opener, Scaling? Well, the best thing I saw from the weekend, it was actually on Thursday night. Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa, had a walk-off pick six in double overtime against Tulane. It's your we boy. talked about him last week. He's my boy. I had him in the Heisman rankings. This guy is just so good. He's so good. Yeah, I'm going to take it to the NBA. Uh, my Golden State Warriors went out, made a move. Uh, I for Yeah, my, my, little, my little NBA crush, if you will, Kelly Oubre. Coming to the Bay, uh, he's going to look good in that San Francisco Warriors jersey. Oh, yeah. Or the Oakland Warriors jersey. Hey, those are clean. Those are clean. Steph Curry one. There we go. They'll always be Oakland to me. Yeah. They will be. Golden State, you know, get the whole California thing going. Yeah. So we have a little new segment where we can talk about our, our own teams a little bit here because we are quite informed on them. Oh, yeah. Together. Let's talk about the message from the Meadowlands. So the message from the Meadowlands is my Jets report. I'll start doing this at the beginning of every episode because when most people see the Jets, they don't think much of it. They think, oh, this team's just garbage. Well, I got the inside information for you. So here we go. 34 to 28 loss in LA at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. I'm supposed to be there, but you know, uh, COVID. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the defense first. Justin Herbert absolutely shredded us. 366 for three touchdowns. Arthur Mollett, second year corner, who got destroyed. Exactly who? Did Herbert have exactly. like, I saw, I was looking at fantasy and yeah. Herbert had like 270 yards at half. Oh, yeah. Like he, just, he did. He I'm did. Like, and this is why. Because Mollett got burnt, I think, four straight times by Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Hey, Keenan's a beast, though. He had, he is. what, like 16 receptions or something like yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I. That's a little misleading. I'd say he, about eight or nine of them were screens. He but did, he did, he did another touchdown too. Yeah. One yard line, I believe. Yes. If that game, if they're down in that game, Keenan has a chance to break that record. 21, yeah. 25 receptions. I'm sure. Part. Herbert stays slinging it. And with how much oh, Herbert yeah. targets Keenan, definitely gets all I guess so. Yeah. But one bright spot on the defense, rookie cornerback, fifth rounder from Virginia, Bryce Hall, at his first career start. You know, if you look at these stats, you probably think the entire secondary got destroyed. But he allowed 75 yards on 13 targets, had two pass breakups. This kid has cornerback one potential. It's so exciting to see. I don't know TikTokers play football. <laughs> it's different Bryce Hall. Come on. Get out of here. He was a first-round pick before he tore his ACL. Absolute steal. Yeah, that's what they all say. Bright, another bright spot. And <laughs> Shut your mouth. Denzel Mims. Uh, Den- Den- no, Javelin actually. He only got like three snaps. 
Arthur Mollette took javelin. What's going five. on, man? All right, but but anyways, practice squad players. <laughs> Denzel Mims three catches for seventy one. Drew three pass interferences. This guy's gonna be good. He's very good. You know, it's a beast. You know, Joe Flacco throwing to him doesn't help much. And hey. by the way, he, I I hate watching it. Come on, he's awful. I don't. If I'm Sam Darnold, I don't play another game this entire year. But you got to start someone else. I don't Sam Darnold might not play another game as a Jet if he wouldn't play for the rest of this year. I would not. Another thing, Michael P. Ryan, rookie running back on IR. Joe Flacco sucks. That's what I wrote. And tank for Trevor. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. But one thing, also, you, you talked about Joe Flacco a little bit, but how about that handoff to the Chargers DB for the pick six right there? <laughs> yeah, I forced a pick six on, like, what, his own four-yard yeah, line. It Horrible. Just, like, it was... It was in Joe Flacco's mind to get seven, get six points at that play. Yeah, but it was to the other team. That was That's always true. in his mind. So all right, go ahead, go. Yeah. So I have the Raider report as a diehard Raider fan. So I'll talk about a little bit of the Sunday night matchup against the Chiefs. Going into the game, the Raiders were the only team that beat the Chiefs, and after the game, they still are the only team to beat the Chiefs. But they failed this time, losing thirty-five to thirty-one due to a Travis Kelsey touchdown from Patrick Mahomes with. Just so, just under 30 seconds left in the game. Yeah, he was wide open. Blown coverage, perhaps part of six Raiders missing the whole week of practice due to COVID. Uh, they got to get that sorted out. That's You can't be celebrating victories to the point that you get COVID or get on the COVID list. And you just got to be smarter if you're the Raiders, especially on their defensive side, which already is subpar. They got some knuckleheads on the defense. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, though, did pick off Mahomes. Mahomes has done two picks this year, both of them to the Raiders. Derek Carr on the other side played one of his best games in his career. Did have a pick at the end there, but that's really not showing what his performance was. He's, he was playing just as good as Mahomes was, if not better, in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, hitting guys deep. Had a couple drops from Aguilar, which are... That, that going back to, to his Philly Aguilar. ways. Yeah, yeah, but Aguilar also did finish with 88 yards, six receptions, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Touchdown came on a offsides play at the end of the first quarter. Ricard just kind of threw it up, and Aguilar went and got it. Waller also had 88 yards on seven receptions and a touchdown. Jason Witten could have had the game-winning touchdown if it wasn't for that Travis Kelsey touchdown with 28 seconds left. Ruggs really wasn't involved in the offense. His uh, two touches came on back-to-back plays. That's something that's been going on with the Raiders so far this year and Henry Ruggs is that he's just he's not super involved with the offense, and it's kind of frustrating to see. But there's also been rumors that Carr and Ruggs haven't really clicked yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's something that can happen with playing with someone as fast as Henry Ruggs. You, yeah, you gotta, not having training camp or anything with him either. Yeah, you got to put in spots that you're not used to because even though he has played with some fast players, none of them are as fast as Henry Ruggs. Josh Jacobs got in the end zone once, but did not have the greatest game. 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, but he's also got a tough matchup this next game against Atlanta Falcons, who have Ooh. a top seven. Right, I'm going to need him for my fantasy team. Yeah. You know, facing you this week. Yeah, I need to get that win or else I'm out. Brett, take it away, man. I mean, as a Niner fan, I mean, this season's been pretty frustrating. You know, coming off that Super Bowl loss last year to the same Chiefs Kyle just talked about. Um, coming off this bye week, though, we're looking to get a little bit healthier. We have currently, I believe, over 80 million uh, locked up on IR between our quarterback, whole lot of money. Uh, two of our top three best defensive players. But this week, we're looking to get Raheem Mostert back, who is really a difference maker on offense, as well as Debo Samuel. 
Uh, Trent Williams will likely still be out with COVID just due to his previous Medical. health scares with uh, cancer and possibly Richard Sherman coming back this week, but I doubt it. I believe we'll probably see another week for him. And yeah, big matchup this week with the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, it's one thing me and Brett cannot look forward to is the playoffs. Yeah, we're done. That uh, concludes our little segment that we talked about our own teams. Let's get into where's your head at. So our first headline is Tua being benched on Sunday versus the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. Denver had a tough week last week, getting killed against the Raiders. Just had to throw that in there real quick. And uh, the Dolphins... Going into this game, it seemed like a lock. It seemed like the Dolphins are just going to blow him out like they do. Drew Locke was going to throw multiple picks as he did the week before. And just Broncos were going to get mauled, and that didn't happen. They stuck around. Uh, Dolphins' defense played well, but not to the point where they were forcing turnovers on other teams' mm-hmm. side of the field, uh, making plays, turn, getting points, as their defense usually does. And to end up getting benched. Are the 6-4 and four Dolphins dead or pretenders? They're not pretenders right now, but in order to win, it seems like they have to force multiple turnovers every game and make it so Tua doesn't have to do anything. So, you know, it's not really their fault. You know, throwing a rookie quarterback in there, what was it, week 8, week 7? But I believe it was week 8. I think they had the week 7 bye. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, it's not looking great for them, at least for a playoff run. Yeah. For the Dolphins, I, their defense is their best offense. Yeah. And I think to be a true contender, that that can't be the case. Your offense has to be able to you know move the ball by itself. And right now, it's just not doing that. Tua's had two games now where he's thrown for under 100 yards within his first four current NFL starts. And I, I, I don't necessarily think they're pretenders. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs led by that defense. And I think if Tua doesn't have if Tua doesn't have to be the guy to lead them, they can make the playoffs. But if he does, I don't see this team winning that many more games. So that defense is really going to have to put Tua on their back. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds yeah. me a little bit of Mark Sanchez's rookie year. Except, you know, they don't have Revis or LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this Dolphins team, I don't think is pretenders quite yet, but if they lose another one, then yes, mm-hmm. because they have some very tough games going down the end of the schedule with the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Bills, and if they lose all three of those games, they're practically out of it. 9-7 mm-hmm. won't get you in, in the AFC playoffs. they got to win at least one. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to get to, and that also means that they're going to have to win out on their other games with the Pats, Bengals, and Jets. Bengals yeah. and Jets probably going to be locks now with Joe, Joe Burrow being out. But it is a divisional matchup against the Jets. Skyler game. That, that's my, my biggest fear is accidentally beating them. Not getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if that's going to happen, though, Skyler. I think you're a little bit safer than what you think. Do you guys hold the tiebreaker on the Jaguars? No. No? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't think they're pretenders yet, but I think they're very, very close, and they need to do just about everything right to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The team that's right above them in the AFC playoff rankings at the eighth seed is the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about them, or I talked about them a little bit in the opener with their coach getting into it with Titans. And that fiery attitude from Harbaugh really didn't go into his team. Uh, They ended up blowing a lead late in the fourth, and the Derrick Henry show showed off in in overtime, that is, totaling 133 yards and finishing it with 
I think a 29 yard touchdown mm-hmm. run where he just carried defenders to the if end. If you zone. look at like the over top like view, it's how Derrick Henry ran. It was in like an L formation too, so it was like huh. giving an L to the Baltimore Ravens. That was probably on purpose, huh? <laughs> but we talked about this last week. We're going to talk about it again. Are the Ravens dead? They're not dead yet. They're still one game out of the wild card, and they have a very easy schedule. Very easy. Someone might have it available, but... Yeah, I'll get it in a sec. they got to change something with Lamar Jackson. I mean, you got to either make him a runner or bench him because they obviously don't know what's going on. Obviously, losing Nick Boyle and losing um, Ronnie Stanley yeah. sucks. It, it yeah. sucks. It ruined their Super Bowl run, I believe. But if they want to win anything in the playoffs, they got to make a change. I, I completely agree. Um, it's kind of the same situations as Dolphins, I think. Mm-hmm. Right now, their best offense is their really s- superior defense, mm-hmm. putting them in positions to you know win games. They haven't had a passing game all year, uh, and they haven't used Lamar like they did last year in the run game. Yeah. He, needs, he needs to be their best runner, their best offensive player if they want a chance to win. That's how they're going to move the ball. That's that's how they're going to score. They got to let him. Run. But it's just like it's so confusing watching their offensive plays. Like, yeah. if you got a running quarterback, why are you doing double moves to a five foot nine receiver? Yeah, Mark I couldn't tell you. But are they dead? No. Like you highlighted, they got an easy yeah. schedule. In my opinion, a very big game against Pittsburgh this oh, week. Yeah. I don't think it's a must win, but. It would definitely boost their chances of making the playoffs by winning this game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens are dead yet, but I do also think they are very close. They can lose this game to the Steelers on Thanksgiving, but after that, they really have to win out. And there are some trap games in there with the Browns, who are 7-3. and three. Yeah. I think they are the worst 7-3 and three team in NFL history. <laughs> and then there's also the Giants, who... We've talked about a little bit as yeah. possibly being a trap team for They're a couple, fighting for a division. Games. Yeah, yeah. they got a fighting. great defense. Yeah, and that game is in a week 16 too, so it's going to be right at the end of the season down to the wire for sure. Mm-hmm. But Ravens will probably win that game. But they're not dead yet. Uh, Lamar Jackson, again, really not being used the way that he should be. Another game when the Heat threw for under 200 yards this season. Steffley, I think he has more games where he's throwing under 200 yards oh, yeah, and he's I'm throwing sure. over. I'm sure. And if you're playing quarterback, you really can't do that. I mean, Taysom Hill, they've been through for over 200 yards. And Seriously, he's, he's a tight end. He's a tight end, <laughs> kick returner, punt returner, pump blocker. I don't know. He's a freak. That's what yeah, he is. He's, he's, yeah, he's most definitely not the starting quarterback, but Lamar Jackson needs to do more, and that's our MVP. So next, we're going to talk about the perhaps the best team in the AFC. Uh, most likely thought as Super Bowl uh, winners again this week, mm-hmm. this year. Around the table. They won it last year. The Kansas City Chiefs. They played a close game on Sunday night. Who do you guys think is the biggest threat in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs? This might seem like an obvious one, but it's got to be Pittsburgh. There's no stopping Patrick Mahomes, but their defense gives them the best chance to slow him down. And their vertical offense with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson can keep up with them. I think that would be an amazing AFC Championship game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go as well with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are probably the clear and obvious choice. But I know Kyle's going to like to hear this. And Alex, if you're listening, you like to hear this as well. But Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think Las Vegas is the second or even third best team in the AFC. But 
they have matched up against Casey twice as division opponents, and both times played them tough, handing Casey their only loss of the year. Um, I think if you get that game in a playoff matchup uh, with a playoff atmosphere, even though there'll be no fans, I think that game could really go either way. Yeah, you give the Raiders an extra seven weeks, they might be all healthy for that game too. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I, you know what I'm going to say here. The, yeah. I think the Raiders are the biggest threat. Biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. They beat them once, and if you're the only team to beat them, I mean, you're a pretty big threat. Almost beat them twice. Yeah, almost beat them twice. Led most of the game, uh, and John Gruden really has a way with the Chiefs right now. He he matched up his team, built his team, him and Mike Mayock, on purpose probably, to match yeah. up good with the Chiefs because they sure. know that that's going to be the king in their division for as long as... You're going to be they're in no, it, that's yeah. going to be the king till as long as Patrick Mahomes retires. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's not going anywhere. He has half a million, half a billion dollars just sitting on him. So I said the Raiders. Uh, their defense didn't play good, but I mean, no defense is really going to play good against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think there is a way to stop the Chiefs as no. far as their offensive goes. The only way that you beat them is if you keep up with them on offense. Because their defense is not the greatest, even though it's solid. It's not. You know, there is one way to beat them. I think is you have to have a strong four-man rush because yeah. then you can keep a coverage. Cover, yeah. But not a lot of teams have that. Maybe the Rams. Yeah, we tried that Baltimore. last year in the Super Bowl. Niners yeah. had maybe the best four-man that, rush that in the NFL true. last year, and shit, I guess not. I mean, we we we, <laughs> we kept up with them for three quarters, and then Mahomes destroyed us in the fourth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what happened in week five with the Raiders too. They only sent three or four, like pretty much every single time, and covered downfield. And for like one of the only few times this year, the Raiders somehow got pressure, and they really didn't even blitz that much. Uh, this week against Mahomes, or that, this last week against Mahomes, they they came out with a different game plan. They weren't throwing deep. They weren't taking deep shots to guys. They were getting the ball out of Mahomes' hand quick, which is kind of weird to see with yeah. him. Reason taking deep shots. And they also kind of relied on Mahomes getting out of the pocket and having to make a play. And that's sometimes what you have to do with the Chiefs. You have to make yeah. their players make plays. And he's the best for a reason, right? Yeah, usually he does. And so that's why they're 9-1. Yeah. And probably will go 15-1 in this NFL regular season. Who knows what happens in the playoffs. We're going to talk about another AFC team. I know we haven't talked about any NFC teams yet, but we're going to keep the AFC rolled hey, down. AFC is pretty good this year. Yeah, it is pretty good, pretty exciting. We're going to talk Very about close. a team that took down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers over the weekend oh, yeah. in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Are the Indianapolis Colts legit? Yeah, they're legit. They're not going on any Super Bowl run. Don't, don't get me wrong about that one, but they've – proved me wrong and all of us wrong every single week that Rivers can turn the ball over two, three times a game and the defense still bails them out. Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Wilkins still bails them out. So, yeah, I'm going to say they're legit. I mean, number one defense statistically in the league for a reason. Don't get me wrong. I think the Packers beat themselves with Mm -hmm. fumbling problems this week. But with that being said, I still do think the Colts are a legit team. But maybe only on one side of the ball, kind of like yeah. what we talked about earlier with the Ravens and Dolphins. It's it's really that defense that makes that team good. Um, they need to be better on offense if they want to make a deep run. But I think they are a playoff caliber team at this point. I think this team is a playoff caliber team, but I don't think they're legit. That's kind of weird to say, but there are two last wins this season. I've came against the Titans and the 
Packers, two good teams, but the Titans game would have been a lot different if the Titans had a punter. We saw a 17-yard punt, we saw a blocked punt, and we also saw a missed kick from Gaskowski. That's been pretty constant for him this year, though. And versus the Packers, the Packers really beat themselves. Like, the mm. Colts have a good defense, but they made mistakes. They had three fumbles? Yeah, they, game? they made yeah. some mistakes, had four turnovers. And, yeah, they are 7-3, and three, but they're just a couple plays away from being 5-5, five and five, and... Well, you just got to take those wins as, as they get in the NFL, I guess, whether pretty or not. A win's a win. But they do have a big matchup this next week on Sunday versus the Tennessee Titans. And that That'll be a good one. That's a huge game. It will be for the division, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So here we'll talk about a couple NFC teams that we talked about last week and also an AFC team. Mm. Last week we had a headline that said, more likely playoff push, the Lions, Vikings, or the Patriots. The Lions probably had the worst performance of the year on yeah. Sunday versus the Carolina Panthers losing 20 to nothing. PJ Walker started that game. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Patriots coming off a big win versus the Ravens. Lost against the Sean Watson and the Texans. Really didn't have anything on defense there. And the Vikings, who we all kind of thought were our dark horse to make the playoffs in the mm. NFC. And they just they laid an egg. To the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. Out of all teams, we thought that game was also a lock, and it wasn't at all. So, what's going on with those teams, man? Well, what's going on is they prove to us that they're not playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, Well, you got Detroit, like you said, probably the worst game I've seen all year, and they got to do some serious roster reconstruction. They're probably going to fire Matt Patricia. You got Minnesota, horrific defense. I thought they were going to be one of the best defenses this year, but players started opted out, and it was it was done for. And another game where they had multiple fumbles. Can't happen. Especially Dalvin Cook. Yeah. It's not acceptable. And the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick had no expectation coming into this year. And I think that's what he's doing. He's just writing it out. You know, all of his defensive players opted out. He took a flyer on Cam Newton. Yeah. So I was having a really hard time trying to figure out what he was doing. But I think he doesn't even know yet either. Yeah. Yeah, I'll keep it short and simple with you with these three teams, um, I think after these losses, they're all done. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a path for them to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think all three of the teams are dead. I had a little bit of confidence in the Lions, perhaps you know, pull out a win here, pull out a win there, but they didn't. And they need Galladay. Yeah, they they needed that yeah. win against uh, Carolina for sure too, especially against PJ Walker. Uh, no, no disrespect to him. I'm a big PJ Walker <laughs> fan. XFL uh, MVP and, yeah. and Swift. I think Swift was a bigger yeah. loss than yeah, most sure. people think. He's been their workhorse back the past couple weeks. And he's going to be good. Yeah, mark yeah. my words. A- a- AP is <laughs> just not that explosive guy. Neither yeah. is Carry On Johnson. Good Swift, mentor, Swift for Swift. He's a great mentor. Don't get me wrong, but Swift's going to be the guy that you know he'll make a play mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, Patriots. I mean Cam Newton and. Bill Belichick, I think that relationship will only be one year. He had some good throws on Sunday, but also had some terrible throws. Not just, like, decision-making, but just, like, arm. Like, he just didn't make the throws that he was required to make. With the Vikings, you can't lose to the Cowboys. The Cowboys no. are they're awful this year. Their defense is, like, horrible. Literally horrible. Like, you can do anything and score against them. You can run a Madden playbook and get into mm-hmm. the end zone. It's all about the red rifle. <laughs> Against them in uh, 
Yeah, the Vikings didn't even get the job done there. So 0 and 3 on those three teams. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit of basketball talk, shall oh, yeah. we? Yes. Last Wednesday. We finally got the NBA draft. So I'm gonna give you my top five steals from draft night. All right. In order of when they happen, no particular player ranking. But first up is the Troy Pistons had the seventh pick. They took Killian Hayes, guard from France. This was That's your guy. This is my top player on the board. That's the guy that's James Harden. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got the potential to be James Harden. A step back's disgusting. And Detroit's a team that kind of needs everything right now. So that's a good pick. Number 12, the Sacramento Kings took Tyrese Halliburton, guard from Iowa State. Love that pick. He's a top five player in this draft, and the Kings got him at 12. It doesn't matter if they already have their point guard, Fox. You know, you take value. They haven't hit on a a first-round pick since Since Fox. Well, yeah, before Fox was probably Boogie. Yeah. And he was kind of a mess in Zach Town. Yeah. That should be good. Number 15, Orlando took point guard of a UNC, Cole Anthony. Like it. Another guy. I dig it. You know, his team around him at UNC was awful. I think that uh, had Worst a lot UNC to do with his. He's extremely yeah. talented. Yeah. I mean, he was the number one recruit, I believe, yeah. heading into the year. The, the talent's there. They just got to unlock it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Orlando finally got their point guard, guys. What about Markel? Markel's got a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad, but he's got a lot of problems. That's man. fair. Number 20, Miami got Precious Achua. Achua? Yeah. The forward out of Memphis. This is... The Heat were in the finals last year. They were? And they just got a top five player in the draft at 20. Ooh. It's crazy to me. That's a hot take. Very hot. You know, he, he reminds me of Gerald Wallace, Spicy. right? He's a ball handler. He could slam it down, and he can play good defense. It's crazy how this guy's probably going to be a starter for them, and they got him at pick 20. Outrageous. And the last one, at pick 31, Dallas got Tyrell Terry, point guard out of Stanford and De La Salle. This guy's going to fill in the Seth Curry spot right away. It's crazy. Another guy who probably should have won in the lottery was there at 31. Great pick. Amazing shooter. True. We also saw a big trade, big blockbuster trade over this past week since we last made episode 10. Let's get into the details New Orleans Pelicans acquired Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, two future first-round picks, and a swap with Milwaukee in first-round picks in the future. The Bucks got Drew Holiday, Sam Merrill, and the 60th overall pick. The Thunder got George Hill and well, a whole bunch of like G League players. Yeah. Uh, all via New Orleans. And the Denver Nuggets got RJ Hampton in the 24th pick in the future. We know that he was twenty fourth pick, right? Yeah, he was somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah, he was that pick. Yeah, and we actually put up a poll on our Twitter at a Max Sports at a Max Sports. Go check it out. Go follow. Go vote on the polls. Go like the tweets. Go retweet them. Oh yeah. Uh, we put up the the details of the trade and put up a poll on who wins it. Uh, we had fifty six votes in the end. At five point six or five point four percent, we had OKC coming in last place. Second or third place was Milwaukee with Drew Holiday, 60th overall pick. And 37.5% was New Orleans, who I, I think won the trade. Oh, yeah. I, I believe won the trade as well. Yeah. And I don't know, we must have had a whole bunch of Nugget fans on the poll or something <laughs> because Denver won at 39.3% with getting RJ Hampton. Yeah. I mean, they, for what they gave up, they did get good value. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but personally, seeing what New Orleans got in that trade, I think it helps them a lot. And. 
Oh yeah, the Stephen yeah. At- they it's they resigned him too right away, right? That yeah. was the biggest part. Oh, Being yeah. able to extend him for yeah. I believe two years. Yeah, yeah. that makes that trade very good for oh, New yeah. Orleans. Yeah, man, Zion and Stephen Adams in the same front court. Jesus Christ! Yeah, a lot of guys. Over yeah. the they got a lot of guys. And yeah, I think they're going to be a good team in the next. Well, this year they're yeah. going to be a solid team, but in the future, young man, team, very young team. If though. Lonzo develops well, Brandon Ingram we're already seen emerge and. If Zion just becomes a fraction of what he was supposed to be, yeah. like he's supposed to be like the next like goat, I don't think he will be that. But he's he's obviously good. Mm-hmm. They become. They remember too. We thought Zion on limited minutes this year. Yeah, he could be a lot better than we think. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a beast. I'm coming off injury. We're he's gonna see a 100 percent healthy Zion this year with yeah. the what 44 inch Stephen Adams. <laughs> That, the length on that team is crazy. Yeah. With Ingram at the three, mm-hmm. Adams is obviously a giant. Even Lonzo's right. tall for a point. Even, and don't forget got, about uh, Bledsoe. 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 And Kira Lewis, and, Jr. And, from Bama. They still got J.J. Redick, too, right? Yeah. He's one, yeah. one of the best shooters in the right. NBA still. Yeah. I think New Orleans is going to be a sleeper team in the Western Conference. I'm sure. Let's talk about another Western Conference team that we have in our hearts. Mm. The Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson. Went down with a torn Achilles. Uh, I think it was on Wednesday, draft day. On draft day, uh, yeah. Rough injury for all of us to watch. Uh, seeing Clay as a Warrior has been a blessing for all of us. He's been giving us so many great moments as a Warrior fan. And he's just he's, a great dude. He's too. fan uh, favorite, yeah. yeah. Good person. It is. And, and, you know, everyone loves Clay. Yeah. Some, there's some mixed opinions on Steph. Yeah. But. Everyone loves Clay. I so, saw a thing the other day. Derek Rose and Clay Thompson, the two dudes you can't hate yeah. in the NBA, no matter what team you're a fan mm-hmm. of. Yeah. It suck. It's going to be a second year in a row he's out. And, you know, it's sad, but the Warriors did get something out of it. Yeah. But real quick, prayers up to Clay, obviously. Yep. We'll, we'll throw that in there. Yeah. Speedy recovery. Come back next year. Yeah. Yeah, come win a ring. And uh, Skyler hinted at it. The yeah. Warriors did trade for someone shortly after that in – Absolute cutie. It was, it was Brett's opener, as Brett says. He's a cutie. Uh, everybody agrees with that. It's Kelly Oubre. Nami Papi. Athletic, defensive beast. And he can shoot. And he can shoot. He's a wing Kelly player. Ubre, he's a beast, man. Uh, obviously not Clay, but the starting five of Curry, Kelly, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman. and Wiseman or Marquise Chris. We'll I still think they're going to start Looney over him, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what goes there. Couple Kerr does love Looney. A few yeah. options at center there for the Warriors. It's it's and you know it does, you could be starting for Steve Kerr and play six minutes yeah. too. You never. Yeah. And you got Pastel coming off the bench. That's he true. came off yeah a super underlooked rookie season. Yeah. He's yeah. a beast. I know. Second rounder from Nova. Our homie Alex loves Pastel. And they did sign Brad Wanamaker. That is something that didn't oh, yeah. happen. Don't forget about that. The role player from Boston, point guard, and Kent Bazemore. Yeah, Kent Bazemore's back. That would be good. Ben Bazemore coming back to the Bay. Yeah. Honestly, could care less about Wanamaker, but yeah. Bazemore. That's a really underrated saying, too. And Bazemore I mean, was a guy who's very, who was super ecstatic to be back in the Bay. Oh, He's yeah. posting billions of things on his Snapchat. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't, seem, best friends. Yeah. it doesn't seem like that big of a move, but, you know, replacing. I know Alex loves Jordan Poole because he's from Michigan, but having Bazemore instead of him taking shots in the whatever, garbage time, third quarter, giving play. The biggest difference is the defense. Baysmore is a plus defender where Poole couldn't cover anybody. He couldn't cover himself with a blanket. He's cold. I like Poole. He's got swagger, but that man cannot defend. Yeah. I think that wraps up where's your head at. 
Let's take it to halftime. You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. All right, welcome to halftime, everybody. We're going to start off with a Week 12 college football recap. First off, number 11 Oregon escapes an upset versus UCLA 38-35 thanks to the defense. Yep. Must be feeling great, Brad. Feels great. Undefeated, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number 13 Georgia put up 31 points thanks to JT Daniels, his first start after transferring to USC. He had 400 yards, four touchdowns, no and their win against Bailey. What a difference well, he Bennett. made. Stenson Stenson Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Bennett is a good personality, not a good quarterback. A good college guy. (laughs) The battle for Bedlam was no battle for Oklahoma. State blew out Oklahoma State 41-13, take home the wagon. Spencer Rattler had five touchdowns. He's playing a lot better. I know Kyle doesn't really like him. It's a little iffy. But you got to remember, he's still a freshman. Mm -hmm. And he's put up five touchdowns in the battle for Bedlam. Yeah, played well. Oh, yeah. Number three, Ohio State. Their quarterback, Justin Fields, threw... Two early interceptions, another one later, but still finds a way to come back, powers through it, takes down number nine, Indiana, 42-35. What about Mr. Phoenix, though? Oh, yeah. 478 total yards. And what was the wide receiver's name? I forget his name, but I know he had a monster day. Um, It it was a weird (laughs) name. That's true. But you know, monster day. However, you who pronounce it, Phoenix, Marie, Phoenix. I think it's Pe- no, Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, I think it's Phoenix. 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 I think it's Phoenix. Yeah. He's had a great year. Yeah, he's a beast. He'd be looking at a uh, little NFL action. Maybe, soon. maybe a little later on. I think he's a junior yet too. Yeah. So he, he could stay another year, obviously. But Southpaw, always fun to watch. Oh yeah, we've seen Tua put up eighty yards in an NFL game. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> In the last game, number 19 Northwestern beats Wisconsin 17-7. They force Graham Mercer to throw three interceptions. That defense is crazy, led by the linebacker Patty Fisher. And they're number eight right now. Yeah. Crazy. Another one, Coastal Carolina. Oh, yeah. State. Big one. Very big game. They stay yeah. undefeated. They dropped a little bit in the new rankings, but uh, yeah, pretty good defense. Well, yeah. That's about it. But they're a good team. Mulliman over there, cool, fun to watch. Oh yeah. So speaking of the college football playoff rankings, the new ones dropped today. The official just got, before the show. Just before, I got one question for you guys. Uh, Clemson was put at number three above Ohio State. How do you feel about that? I don't I like can't it. Do it. Can't do it. I, you you just got to look at the loss column for me. I mean, you see the yeah. one loss to the zero. Both very solid teams. Um, I, I don't think there's a reason to put. Clemson at one loss above Ohio State right now. They just beat number ten yeah. Indiana. Yeah, um, it wasn't the prettiest win, but still a win. A win's a win. Yeah, I agree. You know, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence for the loss, but doesn't matter. Still, and Ohio State hasn't been playing much, but yeah, they just beat number ten. They uh, should probably get the nod. Yeah, agreed. All right, and we're gonna look at some Heisman stocks right now. Stock up for me are the running backs. Okay, Najee Harris and Brees Hall. Bama, Iowa State. They both had two touchdowns. Brees Hall had another 135 yards. He's leading the nation. He's, he had nine yards per carry last crazy. week. Dude's crazy. And he's a sophomore, too. Don't forget about that. Stock down for me is Justin Fields. He threw three picks. He did have a comeback. I do still think he's going to finish number two behind Kyle Trask. But he's got to have a stock down. No comment? All right. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the Heisman stock, 
we're going to have a little Trevor Lawrence watch. All oh, right. Yeah. I think it's down to two teams, the Jets and the Jags. The Jets' Gotta upcoming be. schedule. It's down to one pick, and that's the first. <laughs> Miami, Vegas, Seattle, Cleveland, New England for the Jets. I'm really scared they're going to beat Miami or the Raiders. I am. They haven't lost to the Raiders at home in like 30 years. So that's the one I'm scared of. Obviously. Oh, yeah, how many times have the Jets been zero wins going into those games? Probably more than you think. I ain't the Raiders. Well, I, guess, I, I guess one was one of them was because we did play you in Derek Carr's first ever game. Yeah. So O and O for both teams there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Jacksonville, they have Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, Baltimore, Chicago, and Indianapolis. Little easier schedule, but still. Yeah. A lot of good teams. I, I hear that yeah, schedule, yeah. and I think Jacksonville has a bigger chance to win a game than the Jets. Mm-hmm. Partially because I think Jacksonville's better than the Jets. Jacksonville's horrible. Don't get me wrong. But the Jets are god-awful. And it's just, just a little bit easier for Jacksonville going down the stretch. Yeah, and yeah. if we see Gardner Minshew coming back, obviously we should be seeing him at some point. I mean, he has these games out of nowhere where he just pulls still teams out of nowhere. I still and, don't think he's a horrible quarterback. I, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's good. I think he's, he's literally average. a wild card. Yeah. I think he's wild card where he just... Shows up some games and doesn't yeah. for other games. You know who is bad, though? Joe Flacco. That's true. He is very bad. But you got to remember, Jags have the tiebreaker over the Jets because we have a very hard schedule this year, and they don't. They're just bad. For power rankings, going into Week 12, Thanksgiving games on on uh, Thursday, obviously, with Houston Ooh. and the Lions. Oh, God, I don't want to watch that. Washington and Dallas, and then AFC North matchup with the Ravens, and the Steelers. Let's get into our power rankings, shall we? Yes, sir. I'll start off going from number 10 down to number 1. At number 10, I'm going with Arizona. They dropped stock for me a little bit after their uh, loss against Seattle, but, I mean, Seattle's a tough team, and it was in Seattle. Even though there was no fans traveling, it's still tougher than playing in your own stadium. Number 9, keeping the same spot as the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, It seems like the trend for this game and this team is that, like, this is, like, the best loss you could have had as a team, basically. Because you're playing the best team in the NFL, and it's battled with them most of the way of the game. Tennessee at number eight. They're moving back up. Buffalo goes up one spot to number seven. Seattle re-enters the top ten at number six. The Rams beat them, so I'm putting, them at, putting the Rams at number five. I'm keeping Green Bay at four, even though they lost. Aaron Rodgers is, mm-hmm. is Aaron Rodgers, and... Got a lot of trust in him. And the top three remain unchanged as well with New Orleans at three, Steelers at two, and number one, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go the other way around. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, The top three, I think, are locks with Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans. Number four, I have Buffalo. Um, I don't think they played last week. They had a bye, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they're coming off a high-scoring game against Arizona, at least. You know, I don't think they won that one. No. Oh, it was the Hail Mary game. That's right. Yeah. But uh, their offense is playing so much better. We were a little worried about Josh Allen, but they're looking all right. Yeah. Then I got Green Bay. Sorry. Green Bay coming off a loss. They dropped down a little bit. The L.A. Rams, that front seven is amazing. Seattle. Russ is worrying me a little bit. Just a little Turnovers, bit. Defense man. is bad. Adams is playing horrible. As a Jet fan, I'd like to see it. But. Sure. <laughs> and then eight, Indianapolis. Nine, Tennessee. Ten, the Vegas Raiders sneak in. 
I'll dig it. Yeah, for me, I got Vegas at 10 as well. I believe I had them at 9 last week. Um, they did lose this week, but I thought they, they played a good game. Mm-hmm. They played what I believe is the best team in the NFL, so i got to keep them at 10. Tennessee sneaks back into the top 10 at number 9. Indianapolis at 8. Seattle moves back up to number 7. Buffalo and entering the top 5. I have the Rams. I think the Rams have proved over the past couple weeks that they can they can beat good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think they can lose to bad teams, but they can mm-hmm. beat good teams. Green Bay at 4 and top 3 remain unchanged. New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So we have pretty similar list. Yeah. I feel like I think top five are the same. And then what do you have at six? The, uh, I had Buffalo at six, the Hawks at seven. So we had pretty much top five. Or we did have top five, same almost top seven. Let's move on from our power rankings and talk about a couple QBs that made their starting debuts. Both in the same division. Uh, the Carolinas, Carolina Panthers started P.J. Walker, XFL legend. Oh, yeah. MVP of that, that season when it happened. Got shut down due to COVID. XFL might start back up with Dwayne the Rock, Rock Johnson the Rock. <laughs> taking it. Yes, sometimes that little tongue twister, but he played well. Got a win. Uh, his defense played better, giving up zero points. Yeah. But PJ Walker ended up finishing with two hundred and fifty or yeah, two hundred fifty-eight yards, twenty-four of thirty-four, and a touchdown. And the other QB that made his debut, Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, big headliner. Drew Brees had. 11 broken ribs is revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, something crazy. Like, I don't Eight know on the right, three on the left. How you're dealing with that. It's like eternal pain with him. And uh, Taysom Hill threw the ball better than I think we expected. Yeah, 18 yeah. for 23, yeah. 233 yards. Also no 10 carries for 51 yards and two touchdowns mm-hmm. with a nice run coming from the 10-yard line in the later part of the game. Oh, yeah. I think... Um, you know, obviously Taysom Hill has some more help, but I think his start was more impressive for me just because he hadn't played in quarterback in five years. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm making that transition from what he does for that Saints team from, you know, punt, punt team, kickoff team, oh, yeah. tight end, quarterback, running back, all of it. Everything. To, to step into that starting quarterback role and perform the way he did and to get my fantasy team a win, oh, yeah. most importantly, got to give him the nod. The tight end. Something bad happened over this weekend, guys. Number one pick went down with torn ACL. I think it was torn MCL and yeah, structural gen- mm-hmm. structural damage in his knee. God, all these Ooh. words are tongue twistering me today. <laughs> tongue twister so me. bad. All right, yeah. But, Feels uh, like Monday, but it's Tuesday. Yeah, like Alex is here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but bad bad day for Joe Burrow and his family, and all the Bengals fans out there, and all the football fans out there, really, because oh, yeah. watching him play is, is something yeah. fun to watch. Uh, but he goes down. Booger McFarlane, I don't really don't think he's a medical expert, but he did say that <laughs> Joe Burrow should just bang next year as well and just come into 2022. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, I, again, I don't agree with Booger on a lot, but I agree with that one for sure because Cincinnati is not treating him like the number one pick. That's exactly what the Jets did to Sam Darnold, and now they're going to let him walk, and he's broken, and I don't want to see that with Burrow. Yeah, they need a no line for him. He's... It's a special talent, but if he's just getting hurt and getting sacked as, as much as he is, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to work out, and it's, it's a shame to see because, man, he's got some talent. And with, and with Burrow out, if if they go into next year with Finley, yeah. you know, starting at quarterback, which I doubt they will, but Cam they could be looking at a 
Mitch Trubisky. Number one overall pick to hopefully help Burrow out. Yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking that too. They're huh. going to have a good pick. I doubt they win a game the rest of this year. And next That's year, obviously, looking like ten eight school territory, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, definitely. They, gonna, they, they need that. that help on the online, yeah. especially with the Chargers win over the oh, Jets yeah. too, because they were Penny Sewell candidate as well. Another rookie didn't really have an injury, but he had a haircut. Justin Herbert God. had <laughs> a very weird haircut coming out of his his last game. Showed up for his Monday press conference or Tuesday. Yeah, just. Just looking different, man. Yeah, he, I mean, he had the flow for had the about flow. five years now. Yeah, it's looking he good, it and he <laughs> chopped it off. Just looks like a completely new man. He looks like he's sixteen again. Just yeah, <laughs> I mean, the fact that this is a headline at all, yeah, and a haircut should tell you all you need to know. Um, go look at the befores and afters. Yes, yeah, this isn't TMZ, but the, I think this is notable. <laughs> I did have to double take it when I first saw this on here. Yeah, I would yeah. love, love a Stephen A. take on. We were Burl going over this last night, Luke Skyler, yeah. and uh. I, I write up most of the notes and stuff prior to Skyler looking for it. Skyler goes, Herbert's haircut. Why are we talking about a haircut? And obviously he took another look and saw why and something to talk it's about. Game changing. It's crazy, yeah. Hey, wanna know faster. with it. Just wanna know with it. I, I guarantee so. he's faster. Aerodynamics. <laughs> Give it to him, man. Oh my god. Yeah. One of uh Herbert's divisional rivals, the Raiders picked up Tack McKinley or put a claim in. He's going to fail his physical. And he's got his third chance now. Yeah. His first physical. He's 0 for 2 right now. So, um, you know what my prediction is? Um, what is it? The Browns have put in a claim every single time. Haven't gotten him. My prediction is he's going to fail with the Raiders again. And the Browns are going to get him on the fourth try. And I keep think, him. I think the Browns were in front of the Raiders, though. As far as... Because it was last week's claims... Or was it? I, no, I think that's sure. the same. I think the Raiders had priority. Uh, I believe. I believe. If so. it was this week, then uh, this, this week sure. it would. Yeah. It would be because the Browns are yeah, seven and three. Yeah. But last week I was a little bit worried about it because mm. I did see that the Raiders were putting yeah. in claims every single time. But Personally, yeah. I like it. First rounder. If it works out, it works out, and if it doesn't, he's already gone. I mean, hell, I, I wish he stayed with the Niners. We need all yeah. the healthy bodies we can get on that team. Uh, I forget what was the first team he went to. Bengals. Bengals. And his, uh, his Twitter history is quite funny as well. He's oh, yeah. very he's got good. Uh, yeah. response. Yeah, he's got the he has a thank you Atlanta and all the fans and stuff. And he says Bengals ready to work. And he is thank From you for Tampa the opportunity. Francisco, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for all the opportunities. Uh, I appreciate the Bengals organization. And then he says Niners ready to work. Yeah. And then the exact same tweet. And then he just posted again yesterday. Raiders, ready to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, something to see there. Hopefully he gets Cleveland, it. ready to work. I want him. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Raiders also added another DN to their practice squad. Probably will be elevated shortly. Vic Beasley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. This guy is good. 2016 All-Pro. He had eight sacks last year. This, this is probably the biggest move of the entire week, and no one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. This is huge. Another edge rusher to add. I know you guys have Crosby on one side, but another speed guy yeah. across from him. That'd be very helpful. Yeah, he signed with the signed a big contract with the Titans this last mm-hmm. year. So did uh Jadavin Clowney. Or he didn't sign a big contract, yeah. Jadavin Clowney did. But uh Neither of them worked out. Yeah. Vic Beasley didn't have any sacks in five games there. Perhaps just scheme, perhaps just mm-hmm. fit in general with the locker room and stuff. Oh, yeah. Rabel doesn't like the speed rushers, that's the thing. He's getting it's a new work. opportunity big in blocks. Las Vegas yeah. to Join a defensive line that's young but needs help, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, 
So our next headline is something that's going to happen on Thanksgiving. We saw some positive COVID tests come out on uh, Monday with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, two running backs for the Baltimore Ravens, who are deeply in need of a win. We already said that this isn't a must-win game for them against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But having Ingram and J.K. Dobbins out on that game is going to suck. But not for you know Gus what? Edwards. You know, I was Pick him up say, in fantasy. I think Gus Edwards is the best running back on this team. So I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all. And also, Justice Hill is going to play third down back. This dude's so fast from Oklahoma State. Got drafted last year in the sixth, I think. Hey, but do we bad. see perhaps RG3 going in at QB, Lamar Jackson running back? That would know. be the best thing. <laughs> Little Heisman package, I, was, perhaps, I, I, I said I disagree with your take on what's the name? Gus. Yeah, Gus. <laughs> but well, I think Dobbins is better than Gus. I think he's younger. But the best running ball, running back on that team is the quarterback. It's Lamar oh, Jackson. We did have this talk. We did. It's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> they he needs to lead that team in carries this week. Yeah. I think if they're going to have a chance to win against that Pittsburgh defense and mm-hmm. that offense, yeah, might get beat up. But that's how the playoffs are going to be if they if they want to make it. He didn't get beat up every single game yeah. against the teams that they play. But we'll see what happens there. We're done talking about football and halftime. Let's talk Baseball. about a couple. Couple things that happened in baseball today. Couple things. Uh, woke up to the news that Charlie Morton signed a one-year deal to go to the Atlanta Braves. That yeah. rotation's something, man. They He's got Mike Soroka coming yeah. back. They got Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright. Yeah, Kyle Wright. It's so young. Two keeps us on. Tuki, I don't think he'll get that spot <laughs> now with Charlie Morton there. But that rotation already got four young guys. Yeah, and the addition of Charlie exactly. Morton. Morton he's nice. an older guy, but he still got some miles on the tank. And a little bit. one of the best Clutch playoff yeah. pitchers yeah. in recent memory. Besides Bumgarner, mm-hmm. I put him very close to the top yeah, of that yeah. list. Nasty yeah. curveball. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about some clutch player or a clutch player next. Didn't make a clutch move today. No. Randy Rosarena, postseason legend. Yeah, postseason legend. Even if he doesn't do anything in the rest of his career, he's always going to be remembered for what mm-hmm. happened. In the 2020 postseason during his rookie year, got arrested in Mexico. I, in Mexico? I yeah. live in Mexico. Wow. Mm-hmm. He uh, wanted to see his daughter. And, yeah, uh, doesn't have custody. Got in a little fight. With his ex-wife. Yeah. And uh, yeah, bad thing going on there. But something that's definitely newsworthy as oh, he yeah. is perhaps a budding star in the MLB for sure. Mm-hmm. That concludes halftime. Let's get into <laughs> a new segment. We got a little trick up our sleeves today, Kyle. Yeah, NBA free agency is going on right now. We're going to go through deal or no deal. Uh, we're going to go through rapid fire. We got about 15 deals or so to talk about. We're going to give our yes or no and why. And this is the team's perspective. This isn't the player's perspective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the players are going to be like, Yeah, give me the oh, yeah, hey, give, me, give me 120 mil. Our first deal, Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. Four years, 120 million. No way. Okay, this guy is coming off a huge injury, career-threatening injury, and he's become a role player in Boston, and that's ridiculous. I don't know what Michael Jordan's thinking, right? Okay, he doesn't make all the moves, but come on, four years for Gordon Hayward? you got to be kidding me. Brett? Uh, overpay for a player past his prime and no deal. I say no. Boston didn't even get anything out of it, too, so it's no mm-hmm. for them as well. A lot of yeah. money for Gordon Hayward, who isn't the same as what he was he before. He won. Yeah, Gordon Hayward did win. Next, Gallo to the Hawks. Dallanio Gallinari, three years, $61 million. Skyler? No deal. The Hawks are, okay, I admit it, they're trying to find their chemistry right now, but this is not it. Don't do it. Uh, I'm going to go no deal. 
Gallinari, very good player. I think a little bit overpaid. I go yes. This adds to a, a good roster in Atlanta. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but John Collins, Clint Capella, uh, the recent draft pick. Trey Young. Yeah, Trey mm-hmm. Young. Well, I'm talking about big men here. Oh, okay, a little yeah. bit. Gallo. And they also did make another signing that we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Next, Christian Wood to the Rockets sign and trade. Three years, $41 million. Yes, absolutely. Great young player with a lot of potential. Uh, yes, I thought the Detroit Pistons would lock this guy up and try to build around him. Uh, steal for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I say yes as well. It's it's big for them. They need it because Russ Westbrook could have been leaving. James Harden could have been leaving. That's something that brings him back. Say, hey, we got these guys yep. here. Also, that building youth of Boogie Cousins, even though he's been hurt for like the last like yeah. seven years, it seems like. Next, Montrezl Harrell to the Lakers. Two years, nineteen million. Absolutely, the LeBron stopper is now on LeBron's team. That's a big win. Yeah. I think this is the biggest deal of free agency so far. Yeah, six men of the year. I'm going with yes. P- pretty underpaid as well. Two for 19, I think they, that's a bargain he, for him. I think he took a bargain to go get a ring. Yeah, he wants yeah. to go get that he's, ring. He's joining the defending world hey, and, 20 million, and LeBron. That's, that's still a lot of money. Well, yeah. He, but could, NBA, he could have got paid. Like, yeah, he could have got, got money. A big contract. Somebody that did get money, Fred Van Fleet, stays with the Raptors, four years, $85 million. Skyler? Deal. Lowry's near retirement age. They got to keep it rolling when he's on, and, you know, they need a guard. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. I think Fred Van Fleet is a guy that the Raptors will be able to build around with Pascal moving forward. They need another piece, but I say it's a good deal. I say yes as well. A lot of money for him, but he also is a fan favorite in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him there. So the Wichita yes. stage. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, next, Davis Bertans stays with the Wizards. Five years, $80 million. I'm going to say yeah. yes. It's a lot of money, but uh, the GM of the Wizards said they're not going to blow it up yet. They want to keep Wall. So, yeah, you got to keep your young pieces. Uh, I say deal just for the fact that it was a five-year deal for 80. Mm-hmm. If it's four for 80, I say no. But surround Wall and, you know, hopefully try to get Beal to stay with shooting. Yeah. I also say yes, as Brett said. Uh, people thought it was a four-year deal, perhaps, and that's why they thought, oh, 80 mil, that's a lot. Five years, good player, very efficient scorer mm-hmm. from the three-point line. Uh, big deal for them. Next, Joe Harris stays with the Nets. Four years, $75 million. Deal. You guys are going to say that's too much money for a shooter, but this team is going to contend. This is the type of guy, the X-Factor, that will win you a ring. Uh, like I said, I'm going to say no deal. I think if this is a five-year, $80 million mm-hmm. deal, like what Berton's got, very similar players, pretty much just there for shooting. Uh, believe it's a little bit of an overpay for a team that could have got younger to build around KD and Kyrie. Solid shooter, but no deal. This is a move for a ring. I still say no. Joe Harris, just a shooter. Mm. I don't know how good he is on the defensive side of the ball. So <clears throat> Next, De'Aaron Fox, five years, $163 million max to stay in Sacktown. Yeah, that's a good move. That's the only draft pick they've hit on since Boogie Cousins. You got to keep him. Uh, I'm going to say deal just because I don't know where else they're going to put that money. So you mm-hmm. might as well lock up what right now is your franchise player. Yeah. And like Skyler hit on your only good draft pick from the past five years. I'm saying no. This is a big deal for them. I do think he did need to get paid. But $163 million is too much for, for me seeing what Donovan Mitchell got. And mm-hmm. they could have used that money for Bogdan Bogdanovich mm-hmm. that we will talk about. In a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, next, Donovan Mitchell, five years, $163 million to stay in Utah. Same deal as De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, you got to do it. That's a deal. Um, when Jamal Murray's contract runs out, that'll be another story, but you got to keep Mitchell. 
Uh, if you're if you're Utah, you give him a blank that, check. He plays for Denver. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> Donnie, if you're Utah, you give him a blank check. He's your star. You build around him. He gets the max deal. Donnie's the guy in Utah. It's an obvious <laughs> yes for me. Next, the big man Tristan Thompson, Tristan Kardashian. Uh, two years, nineteen million dollars to stay to go to Boston. Scott? Yeah. You got to do it. It's not a lot of money. They want a ring. Bam, starting center. Yeah. Deal. I think a pretty team-friendly contract for Tristan Thompson, one of the best rebounders, offensive rebounders in the game. It's going to help that already young, athletic Boston lineup. Yeah, I'm going to deal as well. Uh, experienced player. Already has a ring. Yeah. I'm going yes. Next, Jay Crowder. Three years, $30 million to Phoenix. Together? No deal. Um, they're about to blow it up completely. You don't want a contract like that on your team. You think Phoenix is blowing it up? It's not a huge... They they will, I think. They just oh, traded for Chris Paul. I think they're going to flip Chris Paul again. Ooh. After the year or during the season? I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to say deal. Um, if I were Jay Crowder, I would have re-signed with Miami. Um, but for Phoenix, three years, $30 million to a veteran guy, solid defender, going to give you 15 off the bench or in a starting role wherever they use him. Uh, good deal. I'm going with yes as well. I'm very big on veteran presence and building guys that have been there deep into the playoffs, and Jay Crowder has done that no matter where he's been. I'm going with a yes. Good deal for yeah. Phoenix. Uh, second to last one, Brandon Ingram. Five years, $158 million to stay in New Orleans. Yeah, okay. you got to do it. Got him in the Anthony Davis trade. He's got the length to... Uh, have all NBA potential. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. Deal. You saw him grow a lot over this past season, specifically. He's a guy who I think is just going to keep getting better. And I, I think I think he's going to be better than Zion. That's fair. Ooh. I, I, I think Zion, I, I believe Zion has a bit of a ceiling just because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that ability to shoot. I think Engram's going to be a more complete he's a great offensive scorer. player. Yeah. yeah. I, I think both are going to be very good in New Orleans. It's a very good young core. But deal for New Orleans on Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I'm very high on Brandon Ingram. I think he's a beast. Uh, that deal for him and for the team is a yes, in my opinion. We saw perhaps being compared to Kevin Durant. Obviously, that's a super, super high ceiling. But they got similar body types, and he's, he's a beast for them. I'm going mm-hmm. yes. Big yes on that deal. And our last one that just came in just on, just under like 20 minutes ago. Uh, Let's see. We got the message Yeah, about 20 minutes ago. Huh. 28 minutes ago. Bogdan Bogdanovich, formerly with the the Kings, because sometimes people get confused with the guy on the Pacers. Yep. Uh, four years, $72 million to the Hawks. Kings decided not to match this offer. Bad deal for the Kings. Good deal for the Hawks. They got another shooter next to Trey. Bang. See, I, I don't think it was a super bad deal for the Kings. Uh, they got Halliburton in the draft. Um, I, I, I think... Um, Bogdan could have been used in that you know small forward role a little more than the yeah. two guard role for them, and I, I probably would have matched the offer, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And for the Hawks, you know, keep building around Trey three and D, uh, good deal. I'm going yes with the Hawks. I think it's a good addition to Trey and his team over there. And I'm going no for the Kings, as we said. Darren Fox got a crap ton of money. Uh, I thought it was a little bit too much. I still think Darren's a good player, but. I think that money could have been used to sign Bogdan back. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, they still had the money for Bogdan, I believe. They they basically said because Halliburton fell to them at that mm-hmm. was eleventh or twelfth pick yeah, yeah. that they felt okay with that position moving forward. Halliburton's yeah. gonna be good. Now it's the rapid fire. You see, we make some mistakes when we're rapid fire. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> we make some mistakes when we're not rapid fire. That's well. true. <laughs> uh. So we already finished. Where's your head at? Already did halftime. Already did deal and no deal. So that means we're going on to the layups. Our layups last week did not do well. I had Oklahoma State plus six against OU. Didn't really work out too well, obviously. (laughs) I didn't have much trust in Spencer Rattler, but that kind of concludes me just betting on college football games. Mm -hmm. They're toss-ups, man. I had number seven, Cincy, minus six at UCF. They won by three. Bad beat. Running back falls down before the end zone. Yeah. And I lose. Yeah. Uh, Alex had Miami at Denver, minus three. Denver won that game outright. So yeah. yeah. L for Alex. There yeah. you go. This week, I have Arizona, minus two and a half versus New England. New England had a bad loss. Arizona kind of did have a bad loss as well. I think this team in Arizona is good enough to beat anyone, but they're also bad enough to lose to anyone. I've seen some play, seen them play some close games against some questionable teams, but I think Arizona puts this one away, just the shortest yeah. New England. It'll be interesting to see if New England can slow the game down for sure. For yeah, they like to go fast. But I got number twenty-four Tulsa plus one at Houston. Tulsa, of course, got the great defense led by Zayvon Collins and. You're going to get you it done. love that dude. They're going to get you it done. love that dude. What if they take him number one? The Jets. Saving Collins. I wouldn't be opposed. Yes, you would. You would flip out. I would love it. No. Okay. Okay. Let's move on past Skyler's horrible take. Um, I've got Las Vegas minus three versus Atlanta. I like Las Vegas. What? I like it. I, I know you like it. Las Vegas coming off a loss versus KC. But like mentioned multiple times on the show, played well. Atlanta, horrible defense. I think Carr's going to have a good day. Uh, not a bad run defense in Atlanta. Jacobs, I still think we'll have a decent day just because they're going to feed him. Um, Atlanta's not going to be able to keep up with that Vegas offense. Give me Vegas, minus three. Yeah. Let's get into the closer and the two-minute drill. Our bold prediction for last week, my bold prediction, was the Raiders. We've talked about them a lot in this show. I thought they were going to take down the Chiefs. They almost did. But Mahomes broke my heart, man. Mm, yep, Taysom Hill broke my heart too. The Falcons over the Saints. Nah, it's good to see. I just didn't expect him to, you know, actually throw the ball deep. Yeah. Saints got it done. Good job, Taysom. Yeah, and Alex is. Just- we we had no idea what Alex was talking about last week, so we're just going to skip over that. Yeah. Um, we weren't sure if it was the NBA top four or the college top four, but either way, I believe it was wrong. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> let's uh for this week. Let's go with it. For me, it's the Jags over the Browns. Browns are the worst 7-3 team in NFL history. I said that earlier in the show. I stick by it. I don't think Baker's good. I don't think their offense is good. I don't think their defense is special. I just think they've gotten lucky with some of their games. And anytime they've played a good team this year, they've lost. It's as simple yeah. as that. I like your take. If Gardner Minshew's plays, I think this happens. If not, I think they're the worst 8-3 and three team you've ever seen. True. Jake... Looking the snake, snake, man. And my pick is going to be West Virginia over number 14, Oklahoma. I actually think they're 11 now because the college football playoff had them a little higher. Um, Oklahoma's defense is ridiculous. They allow like 16 points per game, and Spencer Rattler is going to be in a little trouble. So I got West Virginia. West Virginia's defense is insane. Yeah. yeah he said Oklahoma's. I, it's all, it's all yeah, good. West, Virginia, it's all good, West Virginia has a very good defense for the Big 12, at least. 16 yeah. points per game. Very nice. Yeah. 
Call me biased, but I got the 49ers beating the Rams this week. Honestly, wouldn't mind if we lose. We're out of the playoff race at this point. But the 49ers coming off a bye, getting some healthy bodies back, including our top two wide receivers in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, possibly Richard Sherman, and a couple other guys, including our starting running back, Raheem Mostert, who, when he played LA last time, looked very sharp. Uh, Rams coming off a short week where they played on Monday night and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Shanahan's going to have a good game plan going up against McVay. Give me the Niners. Getting to our best game on final segment of the show. Mine, Titans versus Colts, man. I've said it. I think the Colts aren't as good as what people think they are. I think the Titans are a very good team. Give me the Titans in that game. All right, uh, my pick's going to be number two, Notre Dame, at number 25, UNC. Ian Book against Sam Howell. Two amazing rushing offenses, too. Yeah. Going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, For me, I'm going to go Chiefs at Bucks. I don't think we could have had the segment without that game. Um, Chiefs, obviously, I think everyone's best team in the league. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who everyone thought would probably be the biggest threat. Or a lot of people, not everyone would be the biggest threat coming out of the NFC. Uh, haven't quite lived up to the hype, but still think this is going to be a very good game and a very fun watch. Oh, yeah. And that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for listening. Fun episode, man. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Episode 11 concluded. I'm tired, man. I stuttered a lot today. I'm sorry, I did everybody. as well. <laughs> I was perfect. Brett's always perfect. Long <laughs> but anyways. You're also perfect. Kelly Oubre. That's true. All right. See you next week. Go Jets. Yeah, go Raiders.